you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. water is troubled. We could keep singing and we could keep dancing, but it is time for the Lord to move in this house in a divine way. We don't take lightly that a man left his wife and his church to be with us on a Sunday. Not only one service, but two services. He ministered today in a powerful way. I want you to make welcome one more time as the man of the hour, our evangelist, Brother T.L. Smith, give him a great big God bless you. Ah, how good, how great, how wonderful is the Lord. Anybody know who Jesus is? That wasn't very impressive. I don't think that scared the devil, and I'm not sure it even impressed God. So I'll I'll ask because I don't think you understood what I just said. Does anyone here know who Jesus is? Now that's the Super Bowl crowd. That's the Super Bowl crowd. Amen. Amen. There's so much I need to say, but if, if, if you would just... If you just say, and and let me say, and you accept it with all of the other things that need to be said. Thank you for allowing me to come and be part of these services. I do not count it lightly. 
I walk into this pulpit understanding it's only the grace, the power, and mercy of God. It is good to see my my Bible church family and and my sister. She is my oldest sister, by the way. She's a lot older than I am. And that is, of course, Leah and the two girls and the rest of you. Thank you. can do what you want to do because by the help of the Lord, I'm going to do what the Lord has moved on me to do tonight. So I don't care if you stay up here. I don't care if you stand there. And if you leave, it's on you. It's not on me. And it's not on God. But I'm going to deal with something before I start. There is a spirit of cancer that come against this church and it it didn't just happen yesterday or the day before, last week, last month, nor even last year. There's a spirit of cancer that has come against this church. And people are succumbing to cancer because of this spirit. Now, there are different kinds of cancer. There are cancers that are a result of organic problems and, and things going haywire in the human body. But then there is a spirit of cancer that is an affliction. It is something that the enemy brings upon you. And when you're praying for someone that's got cancer and it's organic, you cannot pray like you would pray if you're praying for someone that has the spirit of cancer on them. And when you're praying for someone that has the spirit of cancer on them, you cannot pray like you pray for someone that has uh, cancer because of organic or uh, something going haywire in the system. But I don't care whether it's organic or whether it's a spirit. I'm taking authority and dominion over the spirit of cancer and over the cancer that has come. this, if you'll reach out and make contact with me right now, the cancer will have to release its hold in your body. I'm talking to you. I don't know you, but I do know what the Spirit said to me. And I take authority and I take dominion over the spirit of cancer. That's it. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, church. We've got to believe it. Hallelujah. There's others. There's others. I, I'm not going to walk out and start laying hands on people because of cancer. Because God wants to illustrate to you that it's not all tied up in me. These signs shall follow them that believe. And them always translates to me. Oh, you didn't hear me. Them always translates to me. So who is me? 
lay hands on her, rebuke the cancer. It's got to loose its hold in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, oh, come on, somebody worship. Worship like you really know who he is. I bless the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. We get our fixation upon certain men or women that are gifted in ways. And we get the feeling like if that particular one doesn't put their hands on me, then I don't have the expectation of my miracle. But when the church body, when the church body, I have cells in my body that rise up and fight against infection. Without the first dose of medicine, those cells will start fighting infection. You may go later to the doctor and get some aid, but if you'll release your faith and understand, signs follow me. For many years, I have had three angels that accompany me everywhere I go. You can say I prayed. I don't care. I've been in this long enough. It just don't matter to me. You can think what you want to think. But I was there when it happened, and I know. And those three angels, when they first appeared to me, I was, I was surprised because three men walked in the back door of the church. And uh, I thought there must have been some kind of drama or play going on somewhere close because they come in dressed in the old-style Roman army battle dress with the pleated skirts and the laced-up sandals and the breastplate. And they come in, and I thought, well, they've, they've been rehearsing, they've been, and so they've come to church. But they didn't act like just people coming to be in church. They separated. One went to that corner, one went to the middle, and one went to the other corner. And uh, I'm thinking, okay, God's speaking. I didn't feel an evil spirit. And the Lord spoke to me and said, I have sent these angels, and from this day forth, they will follow you. They will go with you, whithersoever you go. And so for, for months, every time, they always were in the same order. They never changed. They were out there. And I got accustomed to seeing them. And uh, a... that we don't open our eyes or spiritual understanding. Do you know who has seen those angels? Children. Not one adult has ever seen my, well, I take that back, there are two. But children, they, they get all excited because they see them and they think something's, you know, and they think everybody's seeing them. That's why Jesus said, you got to be coming like a little child. 
But I walked to the pulpit one night, and I, I, I looked out and want to make sure they are there because uh, they are God's enforcement arm. I believe in the ministry of the Word. For those of you who say it's Old Testament, you don't read your Bible. There's more angelic activity in the New Testament than there is in the Old Testament. And they weren't there. And I said, God, have you taken my angels? He said, no, they're behind you. And I turned around, and, and they were in the same order that they were there. I said, okay, God. Now, they've always been out there, but now you've got them. So is there significance? He said, yes, there is. He said, you needed to learn that they are with you. And in order to learn that they are with you, you have to see them. And so I have allowed you to see them every time that you have walked into my house, regardless of where it was. He said, you no longer have to see them. You know that they're with you. They're here tonight. They're here tonight. I welcome them. You say, oh, you know, he's getting old. He's getting old. He's getting tired. Well, I'm going to tell you, the Bible says I've been going down a long time. Preached 61 revivals. I don't think anybody anywhere in any kind of denomination has ever done that. But I'm not crazy. And I'm not cynical. I'm a believer. And I walked into a church, and I'll be glad to give you the pastor's number. I have him on my phone, and I'll give you a good call back. And that church was in turmoil been a revival church, but a spirit got in there, and people just got something in their heart. You know, it's not big stuff that caused people to get upset. You say, well, what's the difference to me? Preacher didn't smile at me just right. Nobody commented on my new hairdo. Little junk stuff. And the church was suffering. He was under a tremendous financial load. And uh, I'm there preaching. And these spirits start coming against me. I don't react well to an attack. Physically, nor spiritually. My daddy retired as a command sergeant major in the military. He's the one in the 60s that was at Fort Polk teaching the boys how to stay alive when they went to Vietnam. martial arts for years until it became more spiritual than it did physical. So I do know how to fight. And I'm going to tell you something, young man. I've got the same name as my grandson, so don't, don't I'm going to slap you. I'm not kidding. I'm telling you, you keep it up. And you quit being ordinary. You quit being ordinary in your ministry. You quit being afraid. You don't, it's not that you, you're a wannabe. You are. You are but you just haven't walked into it yet. See, but you're going to after this service today. So, but I'm going to give you some advice. If you just decide that you've got to fight, you pick another young man to fight with. Because young men, they'll fight and they'll act like they're hurting each other, and, but they're just playing around. But if you jump on an old man, he knows he's only got 
about 30 seconds to do whatever he's going to do. And he will put your hide on the floor. He won't play toys with you. And I'm mad at the devil tonight because that spirit has come into this church, that spirit of cancer, and it's got a lot of you fearful who's going to be next. But you listen to this old white-haired preacher. He's gone. He's dismissed. He's not welcome here. He has no part here. He cannot abide here anymore. We're serving him eviction papers tonight. Even if you want to. Ah. I'll tell you one thing. I'll never ask you to do anything I won't do. People that know me, that doesn't make them feel very comfortable. Because I'll do anything. I've got on that floor. We used to be called holy rollers. But the rolling done now is not very holy. I'll turn flip flops. I'll jump. I'll, I, I won't ever ask you to do one thing that I won't do. Okay? So if I start dancing, I'll do it with you. But I want seven volunteers. Thank you. Thank you. Don't you like the way that? Don't you like that? Thank you. Thank you. Oh, don't they like you, Sue? Thank you. Thank you. I need one, two, three, four, five. I need two, six. I need one more, one more. All right, seven. Okay, I want you to stand like this. Now, there we got it. Now we got it. Now, seven is God's number, right? It's the number of completion. It's the number of power. It's the fullness, the fruition. You represent signs according to the scripture. Your signs. I want you to, both hands. That's it. Now, y'all get me something. Y'all get me something. Now, y'all got a little sense here. We all like signs. Standing up, sanctified, holy at me. Every one of you likes signs. I do. And we're always watching the signs. I think some of you are not even looking at me because you're wondering what I'm going to do with these fellows. And that's the way it is sometimes, but we're still looking for the signs. Now, we have a misconception about the signs. Now, time out. The signs. Don't you wish you knew what I said to you? And here's where you are tonight in this service. You're waiting on the signs. Don't, don't sit there and go, I know. I know I've been doing this 64 years. I know. Well, almost 64, just a couple of months now. You're waiting on those signs. You're waiting on them. Y'all still looking at them. Some of you not looking at me. But here's
that's not God's way. Here's what the Bible says. These signs shall to keep looking back because that's what you're supposed to do. It don't mind if I turn around. These signs, what are they doing? If I speed up, oh, they slow on the uptake, aren't they? It doesn't matter. Wherever I go, these signs follow. I don't have to make it happen. I don't have to push them. I don't have to pressure them. I simply walk, and when I walk, the signs are going to be right there with me. Uh, you know what? If you just turn loose of your fear, you'd be a whole lot better. sinner saved by grace what a hundred years ago that's true she come in in a revival and I preached been maybe a hundred years ago I don't know it's been a long time ago I know that but I'm here tonight not pushing signs on anyone I'm here walking in the flow of the spirit and these signs are following. Oh, but but Sheila, these signs are following. Well, why? Why? He didn't tell me to do anything except proclaim his word. I, I, I about broke his neck this morning trying to illustrate you that's what we think is the anointing. Just string him and call. I'm busy with that dear old anointing thing. We know to shake them and just carry on. And no, 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 no. That's not the issue. The issue is when I say in Jesus' name, these signs follow me. Oh, I wish we got a hold of this tonight. Because if we don't really get this concept, I'm not sure how much further we can go. So my question to you is, are you tired of looking at the signs and waiting on them to appear? Are you just going to focus on Jesus? And when you get your focus on Jesus, the signs will show up. So I stood in this church, meanwhile, back at the ranch, and there was it, it was like walking through Louisiana gumbo mud. It was hard. For the preacher to get mad. The prophet got mad and called bears out to eat a bunch of kids up that were mocking him. He wouldn't want me to do that. You don't want those kind of signs. But he did it. And so I looked at my angel, told the church, I'm going to lend you my angels for three days. If you will send them, they will slay principalities and bring victory to this church. But I turned and looked at it, and I, it hit me. 
oh, wait a minute. They don't have a weapon. They don't have their weapons. Now, now I'm just, please, please, please. Now, give me, give me a little something more than that because, Lord, I, 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 I just understand, understand. We have to picture it as we humans. I, I know that it's not literal, but that's the only way we can understand it. And when I talk about weapons, I know they may have literal swords, but they always carried swords because I expected them to fight battles for me if I needed them to do it. But I looked at them, and for the first time, they didn't have any swords. I said, okay, God, I just told them I'd, I'd, I'd lend them to this church, and they're going to go out, and they're going to kill the enemy, and they're going to slay Prince of Pilate, and they don't even have a weapon. What are we going to do about that? He said, you tell my people that it is up to them to arm them. And they arm them with their faith. That pastor come up here, Southern Pipeline, old school, come up off of that chair, told his people, he said, you get this. You get this. You quit sitting there. You get this. And he fell like somebody had poleaxed him. He fell to his face full length. On I don't know how in the world he didn't break a nose or skin it, but it, did, it didn't affect him at all. And he began to intercede and travail. And as he did, I watched as that congregation got a hold of that. And I watched swords. I watched swords appear in those angels. They went out three days later. They come back. The swords were, again, I understand that there was no literal blood because spirits don't have blood. But we have to understand it so God has to deal with us in our five senses. But God's not limited to five senses, but we are. So if God's going to communicate with us, he's got to do it through one of our five senses. And there was dripping blood. Something was different in that there was no oppression. There was no disunity. There was no depression. And God began to move. Three weeks later, that church had doubled in Holy Ghost-filled membership. And in three weeks, they paid off their entire indebtedness on all of their buildings. Say, I don't believe, I don't care what you believe. I'm tired of trying to get people to believe. I'm gonna believe. You do what you want to do. You just do what you want to do. I'll give you his name. You can call him. God's blessed him. He built another building. Praise God. See, when God God knows what he's doing. And I'll tell you what I saw. There there are some of you in this church, and particularly some women, you are suffering financially. You're suffering financially. Either jobs playing out or jobs shutting down or whatever. You are struggling financially. Now, I'm going to say this to you. If you will continue to be faithful in your finances, even though it's played out, then you're going to receive what I'm fixing to say. I saw it this evening. I've already talked to one about it, one on one. But I saw the angel of financial blessing come to this church. Oh, I wish you really believed that. 
And I saw him spread his wings as it were. And it a whooshing. I don't know how else. It was a whooshing. And I saw from unexpected sources money begin to flow into the lives of some of you that are sitting here. You say, I don't believe in that kind of stuff. I was preaching in Dallas, Texas at Brother John Kirkheimer's church. One of us stalwarts of faith was, uh, he was, he was no longer the lead pastor, but he was still there. And I got up and I had been ministering to people and all of a sudden the Lord told me to, to tell them that someone is going to receive a $10,000 blessing before the sun sets tomorrow. I'd rather get up and say, now God's going to bless you. God's going to bless you. Sweet little angel, darling. God's going to bless you. Because then if it takes 10 years, okay, God blessed you, didn't he? But God said, $10,000 before the sun sets tomorrow. You know, I'm going to tell you what. When you're out on the end of the limb and the devil saws that limb off, God will reach down and put his hand under the limb and push the tree over and you will be suspended in midair in the hand of God. So the next day the pastor and I were eating lunch and his phone rang. And a woman that worked for Senator Hay, Bailey, Bailey, that's her son, Billy was a senator in Texas and a well-known. This woman went into work, had to go in late, and on her computer screen was a message from the senator, said, I have observed, how would you know? She wouldn't know how to call it. The senator said, I've observed your work. You've been faithful. Please go to HR. You have a $10,000 bond. But what I did not know is three other people claimed that for themselves. And, and God just started adding interest because he got another call and somebody went to the mail and there was an unexpected check for $10,276. And then the, the second of the third that claimed it went and got about $10,800. And the third one that went got $12,000 and some God just kept adding interest. God just kept, that's what God does uh, when you step out into that dimension that your face says, I'm not worried about where the signs are. Y'all left me, y'all left me, y'all just stayed there. I, I'm not going to have to worry about these signs. Uh, they're going to be right there with me. And if I come out here to lay hands on somebody, if I come out here to bless you, if I come out here to, uh, I need to bless you. I bless you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet, may the power of the Holy Ghost move in your God. So don't sit there and look cross-eyed at me when I tell you that I saw the angel of financial blessings come to this church. And I'm not talking about what I give away this morning. And 
Some of you mad y'all didn't jump up and go down and get that corn and all. It might have cost you half a lunch anyway. But somebody finally did, and I just kept saying, I'm going to give it away, I'm going to give it away, I'm going to give it away. And nobody moved, brother, nobody moved. But I'm going to tell you, I stopped and picked up pennies if I see them on the ground. And I picked up so many, I had five five-gallon water jugs full of them. And when I turned them in, I had $1,800. And that's just from stopping in. Because we won't stop and bend down and pick up a penny. I'll stop and pick up a penny. I'll stop and pick up a nickel, a dime, a quarter. You look at somebody do it. My pastor taught me, you don't miss an opportunity. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I have to call your name over her. Jesus, 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 there are issues, Father. There are things that are between you and her, but you're ready tonight to do something in this life. You're ready tonight to work according to your power and your purpose. Let the baptism of your spirit move, oh God, from the top of her head to the bottom of her feet. Jesus, 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 Jesus. The Freemans are known throughout the world of Pentecost because who they're known and worked for. And I knew them before they ever went to Africa. They pastured up the road 80 miles or so from where my home church was. We had what was called the Freeman Club when they went to Africa before there was anything called Cartons and Missions. And every month, Eugene and Dolores would go around to the church and they'd collect money from everybody, and they'd put it together, and they'd send it every month to the Freemans. They called it the Freeman Club. And and the Freemans, you know, <laughs> can be rather. Nobody really liked to hear him preach. They didn't. They wanted her. They wanted her to preach. They didn't want him to preach. I mean, y'all, y'all that's the truth. Thus saith the Lord. You go to the bank, borrow money, and God will pay it back for you. But they were going into a village that had never been exposed to the outer world. And some of the people tried to stop Brother Freeman from going because they said, you and Mama will be in danger. They'll kill you. They don't want you. They have a witch doctor that is very powerful that controls all of this area. He does great works and wonders. And one of his greatest gifts is if he touches you, he can tell you all of your sins and everything you've ever done wrong. Brother Freeman just smiled. And, you know, he's got the navy button here. He wore that big old lumbering there. Just kept walking. Was met at the outskirts of the village by the witch doctor and said, you cannot put him there. You cannot in there. Put up there the spears and the blood. Brother Freeman said, yes, I'm I'm coming in. I'm coming in the name of the Lord. 
And so the witch doctor wanted to challenge him. See which God has the power. So Except what people give to you. You give the devil time every time you doubt. And so he said, I'm going to expose you. And I'm going to tell all of these, everything you've ever done. Oh, Brother Freeman just dropped to a knee. And he is as tall as they were. And he was on his knee. And they had fun. And that witch doctor reached out, put his hand on Brother Freeman, said, Lord, I love you. Thank you for forgiving my sins. Thank you for washing my sins away. Thank you for casting my sins away from me as far as the east is from the west. Thank you, Lord, for casting my sins into the sea. And that witch doctor about had a stroke trying to. He couldn't do it. They went in. The witch doctor wasn't through. They went into a hut. He walked into it and cast down a piece of cloth and a deadly venomous snake appeared where the cross was. Brother Freeman just ambled over there to the doorway, reached down there and said, in Jesus' name, picked it up and it was nothing but a cloth. I don't believe. See, we don't believe that. That's our problem. So they were having a big deal just a little while later. And uh, Brother Kraft was there, and I believe it was Brother Oscar Volger at that time. And several of the other big shots from the States were there. And they, was having, they, had, they probably had three or 4,000 natives there. And this witch doctor still mad. So the devil comes and says, I'm going somewhere. You may not believe it, but maybe like my GPS led me up here. I may be going backwards, but I'm, going, I'm on my way. And so he built a fire, and he had his followers, and they had a rooster. And uh, they had filled that rooster with alcohol. They just forced it down his throat, forced it. And that rooster, you know, just stands there. He eats off his toolbox. And, you know, and, and, and they start in. Now, inside, they're beginning to sing and worship the Lord. But outside, they begin to beat the drums. Boom, boom, boom. Boom. Boom, boom. And they started screaming and hollering. They started tearing the flesh with their teeth. You know, it's like a thing. That's what they're doing over there. And I mean, they were cutting themselves with their knives and they were offering their blood. And this witch doctor was dancing himself into a frenzy around that fire. And the Lord spoke to Sister Sybil and said, Take what the devil is doing. And use it against him. So she said, God, I'm a woman. We have our elders here. I'm submitting. Uh, that's that long preacher I went to up north. She went and knelt by Brother Kraft, said, Brother Kraft, this is what the Lord spoke to me. Do you want to get up and do it? He said, no. He said to you, not me. So she went to Brother Volger and she said, Brother Volger, he said, then it's on you to do it. So she got up and got their attention and said, now, you hear the beat of the drums. And, I mean, they, they, it was reverberating. It was, I mean, they were getting with it. And she said, now, what we're going to do is we're going to start playing Jesus in cadence with the beat of the drums. 
thinking of that. So here's the drums going boom, 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 boom. And so she began to lead this. Jesus, 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 Jesus. And they begin to speed up. And when they sped up, she went, Jesus, 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 Jesus. And I mean, then they went crazy. And she went crazy. And they began to shout it. That witch doctor got so, he, he grabbed that, that rooster that was on a string. And he picked it up and he, he pulled his head off. And he drank the blood that poured out of the neck of that rooster. And, and then threw the rooster to his followers. And they devoured that rooster feathers and toenails and everything else and and they just say it inside Jesus 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 and all of a sudden like a lightning bolt out of the heavens and that's what the word says on it was just an act of nature a lightning bolt out of heaven hit the fire of the witch doctor the lightning bolt put that fire out Lightning doesn't put out fires. Lightning starts fires. But God said, I'm going to quench the fiery darts of the enemy. And the last they saw, the witch doctor was running through the forest, and nobody ever saw him again. And they opened what was called the dark continent of Africa. I'm here to... Oh. I wish you'd get a hold of what I'm telling you tonight. I'm here to tell you some of you are listening to the beating drums of the enemy in your life and you're all catawampus about it. It's time for you to take what the enemy is using and use it for the glory. And if he's beating his drums, you go to say, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Be healed, Jesus, Jesus. Be delivered, Jesus, Jesus. Be set free. Whatever you need is, let it be supplied. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Oh, I was. I'd like to come grab some of you by the hair of the head. But some of you men, I couldn't because you ain't got enough on your head for me to grab. But I'd like to shake you. I'd like to tell you, you got to get out of your doll drum. You got to get out of your complacency. You got you to gotta get out. You got to say, Jesus, it's all about you. I don't care about what I see. I don't care about what I hear. I don't care about what I feel. It's Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Are you tired of being tired? Jesus, 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 Jesus. You're tired of being sick? Jesus, 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 Jesus. There is a spirit of depression that you have entertained and it comes over you and you start whining and complaining and blaming God and say, God, why are you letting this happen to me? And 
of God's sermon notes that I've taken as far back as the mid-50s. And in 1959, A.W. Sashman, who was an old German preacher, butchered the king's English pretty good. When Brother Bennett announced he was coming, it was an oxymoron. I'm not talking about a dumb ox. There's part of us that rejoiced. Part of us said, no, 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 no. Because he was going to preach a minimum of two hours. And he didn't preach. He just stood there. He'd preach about the Vietnam War. That's all he talked. He just talked about the Vietnam War. When he got through, he started praying for his soul. 1959, he preached a message that impacted my life and set a course for me that I've never deviated from since. He preached a message entitled, The Finished Work at Calvary. Not the almost finished, not the beginning, but the finished. When Jesus cried, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabbatana, that is to say, my God, my God, why has that? That was the flesh saying, I can no longer hold on to life because the Spirit is leaving me. But he cried, it is finished. Not a cry of defeat. It was the greatest victory cry. He said, I did it. I did it. I did everything I came to do. It's my blood. It's my blood that washes away all of your sin. Jump up and wave your hands. Jump up. Get up. Like you got a little excitement. Put a smile on your face. That spirit of depression, I curse it. If you have it from this night forth, it's because you like it. Because it is done. Once and done. Because it is a finished. It is a finished work at Calvary. not know the last time that I have walked into a church and felt a bonding like I have felt at this church. There are churches I do go that I have that bond, but at this time, I know some of my go-to continually, but to walk into some place brand new, you didn't know me from Adam's off ox. I was a pig in the poke too. You didn't, and some of you still think I'm a pig in the poke. That's all right, too. I don't care. But there is something. And the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me. He spoke to me last week. And he said, I am getting ready to shake metropolitan in the United States. And every city, town, hamlet, village that is within a 100-mile radius of those metropolitans that I'm going to shake will feel the results 
and their growth shall overwhelm them. And they will have so many babies that they're going to be awake at night. They're going to be changing diapers. They're going to have to be getting formulas right. They're going to have to be babying and taking care. Because you, people say, well, you get the Holy Ghost, bless God. Then if you don't live for God, you live for God. How ignorant is that? You take a tiny baby and say, well, if you want to live, just throw him out in the yard and say, well, if he wants to live, he'll live. No, he won't. He's got to be nurtured. He's got to be cared for. And so it is. There are people here tonight that God wants to fill with the Holy Ghost, but you're not my baby. I don't want to act like that. You know, I don't believe that you have to act as crazy as I do. But I believe you've got to be willing. There's not many people in this building that are older than I. Nearly 64 years of ministry. You just put the math to it. I'm 39. Don't care who knows that. But I'm not going to sit and twiddle my thumbs and say, well, you know, I'm getting old. I had some friends come to me just a couple of weeks ago and said, what are you doing? You're old. Why are you still pastoring that church? Why are you still traveling? Why don't you get out of the way? I said, well, what you need to do is get out of the way because I'm fixing to run over you. <laughs> this old boy's not going to retire. Brother Barnes come to me in the latter part of his years. Greatly extend your life, and you are going to be more productive in your latter part than you were in your former. I'm fine. I'm, this is my seventh service since Sunday. This is my seventh service. You go to church that many times and, and try to try to do what you do and, and see. Say, don't tell me that you're getting too old. I've still got a dancing in my feet. I've got a dancing in my feet. I've got a shout in my mouth. I've got a waving in my arms. And I know that these times follow me. Now understand, everything I've said this morning and tonight and everything that God has done is going to be tested and challenged by the devil. So when you say, oh, you beat me up over this, I quit having testimony service. You know why? I got tired of hearing what the devil had to say. Oh, the devil's been on my trail all day long. Bless his soul. I don't believe him. I don't want to hear that. What I want to hear is Jesus set me free. Jesus healed my body. Jesus saved my soul. Jesus supplied my need. ceases to exist for me. I, I just have no concept of time. So I'm, I, I'm trying to be careful here. I'm trying to be careful. But I was preaching for Brother Barnes, the last big revival I preached for him, because shortly thereafter I began to pastor. I'd go back and preach for him, but I couldn't go and preach revivals. 
And uh, he never talked to me about a service or about anyone that's in there. And uh, I've, I've always, I've always, uh, I asked him, what do you want? What do you want? I'm here. I'm, I'm here at, at your disposal. What do you want in these services? And I said, a pastor. Give him an opportunity. And a couple of pastors didn't quite understand it. Said, well, here's what I want to tell you. I got this man. I want you to tell him this, this, and this. And I got this situation. And I said, I can't do that. He said, well, you just told me that you'd do what I told you to do. I said, well, I didn't say that. He said, well, then I want you to get up and do it. I said, okay, but here's how I'm going to do it. Tell me you did. So I don't like a pastor to tell me anything. I love going into brand new churches where I know nobody and they don't know me because I can just say and do and be as crazy as I want to be and they don't know any better. And my wife said, I don't think I want to pull Rose back with Holly. She'd go sing if she'd bring Holly and settle on the front row if there was anyone. If not, somebody would have to go. And when she went back, she'd get in some. And sitting right in front of my wife was an old woman. I got to be careful because she wasn't quite as old as I am now. But back then, she was old. And uh, uh, she she had no money. She was going, I think at that time, they called it SSI. She was going to hide home or something while they found a place to put her in. She had washed clothes and ironed clothes and done everything she could to try to, try to you know. But she was the first one to get into it, I think. I watched her in that revival. And you know, I, for some reason, I was drunk. And every time the offering plate, and her bank account was that brown government envelope that the check come in that she'd go and cash the check. She'd put all the money in it. She went to Brother Barnes, paid her tithes, and he said, Sis, I can't take your tithes. I'm giving back. She wept and cried and said, You're trying to rob my blessings. Not many preachers do that. Not many women are willing to say that, either. But uh, I watched her, and at the beginning of the first of the month, she'd just throw money in there. And towards the last of the month, she was digging. She had one of those big old purses. You know, them big old women purses, them old woman purses, about, about bigger than the suitcase I'm carrying when I'm traveling. And it just laid open, man. I guess she had everything in the world in there. And she was digging in that, trying to find pennies and nickels in there, just anything because she could not stand where the offering plate, you know, when they used to pass them, she couldn't stand. She wanted to get something. And it just broke my heart because God was good to me. And she was not giving out of mere abundance. She was giving out of mere livelihood. And so I told my wife, I went and I, 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 I took $100 and, and cashed it into $1 bills. And I said, now, when she stands up to worship, because I watched her, I said, you just reach in there because the purse is open. You're not getting it. I want you to put that $100 in there. And, and you know, because I want to bless her. And so I watched her. I specific, I don't like what people, what they give. That's kind of not my way. I was watching her because God had been good to me through that. And so I watched her when she looked like they was getting ready. And she was going to dig because it was around the 27th and she had no money. She was spending all, but she was looking for them pennies. And she'd come across that wad of $1 bills. There's a hundred of them. And she, now, it doesn't mean me. I'm 
probably you would recently got one or maybe two because most times the year Pentecostals have been one person. But she grabbed a hand or two and pulled me. She nearly broke me about revival. I couldn't keep enough money in her purse. She give it away. She put it in the offering. 77 years of age. Unbeknownst to me, she had gone in early to talk with Pastor Barnes, and, and she told him, I, I just finished a series of tests, and I went to doctor. I've got incurable, untreatable cancer. If I do, if I do what they say, they say I may have six months. But if I don't do anything, they said it could be weeks or two or three months at the least. She said, I don't care to do nothing except trust God. I mean, what's another three months and have and be in the bed and not go to work? Brother Barnes would tell me, and he, he was pretty smart at times. He didn't want to influence me. And he told me later, she hadn't taken care of me in real time. But I'm there, and I open my Bible, and I'm getting ready, because back then I still tried to talk a little bit. And the Lord said, no, it's not your time. To, and here's words that, that have electrified me from that day to this day. This is what God spoken to me. He said, I owe a debt. And I am here tonight to pay my debt. Righteousness of that debt. And he, she wore flower front, Brother Manuka, almost a year later, flower front. And, and I looked at her and I said, Sis, I did not know she had come that far. But God said, She's got cancer with a sentence of death. But I told her what God said. God said, He owed a debt and He is here tonight to pay that debt. I didn't go back to her. I never touched her. But I spoke the word of the Lord. Something come over that old woman. And for a few minutes, she didn't act like that old woman. She danced and carried on. When she went back to the doctor, they did blood work. Then they put her in to do some testing. There was not one cancer cell in her body. And she lived 11 years without sickness, without being weak and frail and feeble. Why? Because God said, I owe a debt. You know why God owed a debt? Because she believed. And she didn't believe when it was good. She believed when it was hopeless. She believed when she was helpless. She believed when she was broke as, as could be. She believed when the doctor said, you're going to die. She didn't pay attention to any of that. She said, he is my hope. And I trust in him. Oh, somebody. My Lord, my Lord, the Lord is here tonight. There's somebody here that you have been faithful. You have been committed. And God is whispering to me that he owes you a debt. And he is here tonight to pay that debt. Ah, oh, 
you have given, you have spent, you have given, and you have not kept for yourself, and it seems like that it's all over. You're fearful of where you're going. You're fearful of things happening. You're fearful of losing your memory and your mind, but by the authority that's in the name of Jesus Christ, I bless you. Just feel like saying, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Devil, you ain't welcome here. I worship him just a little bit here tonight. Jesus, it's all about you. Jesus, it's all about you. I have appeared in the courts of eternity and my representative, Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, was my intermediator, my lawyer, so to speak. And I presented my petition to the courts of eternity. And the God of all ages made a ruling. And he ruled in my favor. And that's why three times when I have flatlined and been pronounced dead, he has brought me back to life because I have a legal writ. And I have the right to say, Satan, I evict you from my life. I evict you from my health. I rebuke you and evict you from my finances. And I have the legal document to back it up.
many of you are sitting there, standing, sitting, whatever your posture may be. You haven't really got into what I have been. I see that come. And God's been trying to tell you these signs shall follow you, me, me, me. It's not what I am offering. It's not what I am offering you. It's what he is offering you. Complete healing, complete blessing, financial blessings, blessings of peace. There's somebody here that you are in trouble, family-wise, a member of your family. There, it is so convoluted, it will take 13 Philadelphia lawyers to get it all worked out. But Jesus Christ, the advocate, is here tonight. And with one touch of his spirit, when you give it to him and you lay it to him and say, whatever it takes, whatever it takes, whatever it takes, then God will do with one touch of his spirit everything that you need done. Oh, you've got to. In Jesus' name. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Watch me, watch me, ministers. Help me, ministers. Help me, ministers. That's it. Watch him. Some of you ladies, watch. I take dominion over the cancer. I take dominion over the cancer. I take dominion over it. I decree by the authority of the government of God. Touch her from the top of her head to the bottom of her feet. In Jesus' name. Jesus. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. That's it. These signs follow me. You don't have to wait on me. I'm not the one that needs to lay hands. But I do want to lay hands on him. Bring him up here. Bring him up here. From the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. May the power of the Holy Ghost work in him. Break down every barrier. Take, take away everything that hinders us. And let the free flow of the Holy Ghost work according to your power and purpose. In Jesus' name. This is what it's all about. It's not just a one-man show. It's not just a... Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, God's not through here. Some of you need to start letting the signs follow you. Some of you need to let the signs follow you. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Come on. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I got to get, I got to get close. Excuse me. I got it. Yeah. In the name of Jesus Christ, I declare the work done. Make a way where there is no way. Do it, Jesus. Do it, Jesus. God, 
There's a hunger in this heart. You're leading him into a greater revelation, into a deeper depth, into a higher height. Uh, you want to you want to manifest your power and your purpose in this life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Holy Ghost, bring revelation power. Bring revelation power. Bring revelation power in the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah. You got to claim it for yourself. You got to claim it for yourself. You got to claim it for yourself. Some of you playing with some heart trouble. All you got to do is say, devil, I evict you. I evict you. I've got too much work to do. I don't have time to mess with you. I take authority and dominion over every heart. Jesus, let it be. Let it be. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. In Jesus' name, I pray from the top of her head to the bottom of her feet, let the glory and the power of your majesty. I bless her. I bless her from the top of her head to the sole of her feet. May the coursing power of your strength, of your healing power, of your virtue, the glory of your name. Jesus, I believe you, Father. Oh, come on, come on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, God's doing it. God's doing it. You're the comfort. You're the comfort. You're the help and the hope. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Holy Ghost, that's it, Holy Ghost.
Pay the debt. Pay the debt, God. Pay the debt, God. Pay the debt, God. Let it be, let it be, let it be. Without fear, without favor, I cover him. 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 It shall be beyond measure, beyond expectation from unexpected sources. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus Christ, do the works that you do and do well. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I want a big dose of the joy of the Lord to come into her life because that's what makes her strong. And God, this battle is nothing to you because you are the glory of the reward. And you go before and you're behind and you're to either side, on top and beneath. You're everything in the name of Jesus. Ah.